Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. You know, as I was praying this week about what the Lord would have me share this morning, because I know that this is um, a very critical time. It's a time when we have all found ourselves in a storm. And as I was praying about what the Lord would have me share this morning, he actually took me back to a message that he gave me several years ago in a passage of scripture that has always brought comfort to my, to my heart, to my mind, to my soul, and to my spirit. And that's in Matthew chapter 14. So I want you, if you would, to go ahead and take your Bibles today, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever it is that uh, you choose to pull up the scriptures today. But I want you to go ahead and go with me to Matthew chapter 14. And today I'm going to talk to you about some anchors, some anchors for the storm. Whether we wanted it or not, we have found ourselves in a storm. And I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like the psalmist David in Psalm chapter 69. When he said, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I'm sinking and there is no foothold. I'm sinking and there's nothing for me to reach out and take hold of that's going to keep me from being completely immersed in these troubled waters. He goes on and he says that he is literally weary from crying out to God and that his throat is parched. And then he says, my eyes fail me from waiting on God. Is there anybody else that feels like that today, like the waters have come up to your neck and that you're sinking and there is no foothold? The Lord has taught me several things over the years about storms that I want to share with you this morning. One of the things that he has shared with me about storms is that storms are inevitable. There is no way that any of us are going to be able to avoid storms. If you're old enough, at some point in time in your lifetime, I guarantee you that you have already encountered a storm. And I'm I'm not talking about storms in the natural realm. I'm talking about spiritual storms. Storms that hit our soul, our mind, our emotions, our spirit. And we can't avoid those storms. They're inevitable. But not only are storms inevitable, storms are impartial. Storms don't care who you are. Storms don't care how much you make or how little you make. Storms don't care what kind of house you live in or what kind of car you drive or what kind of clothes you wear. It doesn't matter if you're righteous or if you're unrighteous. At some point in time in your life, you're going to encounter storms. They're inevitable and they're impartial. But not only are they inevitable and impartial, but storms are unpredictable. Who would have known six months ago that you and I would be in the storm that we are in today with coronavirus or COVID-19. You know, we have um, meteorologists like James Spann, who's pretty good at predicting weather patterns and warning us of an impending storm so that we can take precautions and be ready when that storm arrives. But we don't have that luxury in life. We don't have meteorologists of life that can tell us what our life is going to be like today or what our life is going to be like tomorrow or next week or next month. 
I mean, you, you can wake up one day and, and your day be going wonderful, just the best day of your life. And then before you know it, it seems like everything that can fall apart has fallen apart. And that's the way it was for the disciples of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 14. Their day started off great. Their day started off witnessing Jesus feed 5,000 men, not including the women and the children, with five loaves of bread and two fish. What a miracle they had witnessed at the beginning of their day. But by the end of their day, they find themselves in a storm, literally fearing for their lives. We read about that here in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36. Notice the scripture says that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it, were made perfectly well. Now here in this passage of scripture, I have discovered five anchors that we need to keep in the boat of life with us at all times, just in case we hit an unexpected storm. And the first anchor that I find in this passage of scripture is this, and that is that when you and I as believers of Christ when, when you and I, as children of God, find ourselves in a storm, anchor number one says that it could have been God's providence that placed us there. Look back at this, this passage in verse 22, verse, four, verse 22 of chapter 14. It says that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Another translation says it like this. It says that Jesus constrained his disciples to get in that boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Here's what I want you to notice. I want you to notice that the disciples of Jesus are not in a storm because they're out of the will of God. 
They're in a storm, but they're right where Jesus told them to be. Doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Listen, it's a myth that says that if we serve God, if we're obedient to God, if we're living righteous lives, it's a myth to say that we will never encounter any problems or never encounter any storms in our lives. I believe that God allows two kinds of storms to come into the lives of believers. Number one, I believe that he allows correcting storms. Now, if you want to know about a correcting storm, just talk to Jonah when you get to heaven. Because Jonah can tell you about a correcting storm. God had spoke to Jonah and told him to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, so he hopped on a ship in the complete opposite direction of God's will for his life. And he found himself in a correcting storm. And listen to me today, if you're in a correcting storm out of disobedience or rebellion to God, the only way to calm that storm is to repent and get in God's will. But not only does, does God allow correcting storms in our lives, I believe that he also allows perfecting storms in our lives. I believe that's what's going on here with the disciples. I believe that God knows that in order to get us from where we are to where he wants to take us, that along the way he can use any of our circumstances, any of our troubles, any of our problems, any of our storms to perfect us for what he wants to do in us and through us when we get to the other side. And so these disciples of Jesus, they're not in a storm because they've been disobedient. They're right where Jesus told them to be, doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. And they find themselves in a storm. It could be God's providence that has placed us there. But if you look closely at the word providence, you notice that it comes from the same root word that we get our word provide from. Because if God's providence placed us where we are, if God's providence allows a storm in our lives, then here's what it tells me. It tells me that God is obligated to provide for us in the storm. And that God is obligated to protect us in a storm. Which brings me to anchor number two. And that is, if God's providence placed us there, his prayers will protect us there. Because look at what the Bible tells us here in Matthew 14 and 23. It says that when Jesus had sent his multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, Matthew wasn't the only one that was an eyewitness to this storm that night. There was another disciple evidently in that boat. His name is Mark. And Mark gives us his account of what happened that night when they were caught off guard by this unexpected crisis and storm. And listen to what he adds to the story because it's so important. Here's what he says. Mark says that Jesus saw them. Straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Now that's amazing to me. And the reason why it's amazing to me is because of what these next two verses in Matthew 14 say, verses 24 and 25, where it says that the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Now understand, the Sea of Galilee was 10 miles wide. So now because the wind was contrary to them, it has blown their boat five miles away from the shore at least. And they find themselves in the middle of the sea. But notice not only that, it says that the wind was contrary. 
They're, they're trying to go one direction and, and the wind is coming at them from another direction. And, and then thirdly, it says that it was the fourth watch of the night, which would have been around 3 to 6 a.m., the darkest time of the night. So we have the problem, the distance from the shore, the direction of the wind, the darkness of the night. But here's what I want you to notice. The disciples of Jesus are in the middle of that sea, at least five miles away from the shore. Where is Jesus? Jesus is on a mountain, and he's praying for them. But he's able to see beyond the distance. And he's able to penetrate through the darkness. And he sees the disciples toiling in their rowing. How many times do we get in a storm in our life and we think that God or no one else can see us, that God or no one else can hear us? But Mark reminds us here in this passage of Scripture that no matter where you are today, no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how far removed from God you may feel, Jesus sees you and Jesus is praying for you. I see this being a picture of the church, that we, the church, here, we are, we, we are in this boat called life. And Jesus sees what we're going through right now. Jesus sees the storm that we are in right now. And the Bible says that he is seated in heavenly places, ever making intercession for his people. Be encouraged today to know that Jesus has not lost sight of you. Jesus sees you. Jesus knows right where you are, and he is praying for you. Amen. But then we see another anchor in this passage of Scripture that tells us that if the providence of God has placed us where we are, allowed us to be where we are, not only will his prayers protect us, but look at this, his presence comes to us. And, and look at what the Scripture says here in verse 25. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. I think it's important that you notice when he came. He came at the fourth watch of the night. You see, evening would have began at 6 p.m. So the first watch is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The second watch of the night would be 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. The third watch of the night would be from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And then the fourth watch of the night, that time just before dawn, is from 3 to 6 a.m. How many of you know that sometimes... Jesus waits until the fourth watch of the night to reveal himself to us. I know we would rather him come in the first watch, and if not the first watch, the second watch of the night, or the third watch. But sometimes it's at the midnight hour. Sometimes it's at the fourth watch of the night before we see a manifestation of his presence. But notice this, at the fourth watch of the night, at the darkest time of the night, Jesus went to them. Listen to me today. You need to know that this storm that we're going through right now, Jesus has not abandoned us. Jesus has not left us. Remember what Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says, but now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, don't forget who created you, who formed you, O Israel, don't forget who it is that formed you. He said, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are 
are mine. And because we belong to God, God is responsible to take care of us. And so he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame scorch you. Listen to me today, church. Joseph, God was with Joseph in the pit. God was with Joseph in prison. God was in Joseph in Potiphar's house. God was with Joseph in Pharaoh's palace. God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. God was with Daniel in the lion's den. And David said in Psalm 23 and 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. Oh, he has not abandoned us, but he is with us. And I'm telling you, I believe that we're about to see a tangible manifestation of the presence of God in the middle of this storm. Right there in your house, why don't you just give God a good praise for that? Amen. Amen. But if God's providence placed us there, allowed this, not only will his prayers protect us, not only does his presence come to us, but his power is available to us today. This is my favorite part of this story. Because listen to what it says. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them doing what? Walking on the sea. And then it says in verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea. I want you to notice that the very thing that is threatening them, threatening to sink their boat, the very thing that's threatening them, Jesus comes out walking on it. And I believe this is what he was saying to them in doing that. He was saying, listen, guys, what threatens to be over your heads, it is already under my feet. My power is available to you. And there was one man in the boat that wanted to experience what it was like to walk on water. His name was Peter. And notice it said that when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the boat, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. Notice they didn't recognize Jesus. Why do you think they didn't recognize him? I'll tell you why. Because they weren't looking for him. They were so focused on the storm that they weren't looking for Jesus. And anytime your focus is on the storm, rather than Jesus in times of storm, this is what's going to happen. They cried out for fear. That's what happens when we're looking at the storm and not looking for Jesus. We get full of fear. But notice, it says immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. I believe that's what he's speaking to somebody here this morning. That he is identifying himself. He is showing up in the middle of this storm in our lives. And he's saying, it is I. Be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. And then he goes on and says this. But Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now that if I'd been Peter, I would have probably asked for Jesus to identify himself some other way. I mean, he says, listen, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. I would have probably said, Jesus, if it's you, wave at me. Or Jesus, if it's you, pick up your right foot and just kind of shake it a little bit. But Peter doesn't do that. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, 
Command me to get out of this boat and walk on the water to come to where you are. And and notice, Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. You see, that's what happens when we get our eyes off Jesus and we get our eyes on the storm. When we lose our focus during this time, it's going to cause fear in our lives. And notice it says, and beginning to sink. Well, thank goodness Peter was smart enough to not wait until he was sunk to call on the Lord. But the moment that he began to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. I know some folks that wait until they're sunk before they cry out to God. Don't wait until you're sunk. If you feel like you're sinking today, cry out to God and he'll help you. And then look at what happens in verse 31. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Well, he had more faith than those guys still in the boat. I guarantee you that. But he said, why did you doubt? And when they, notice Peter and Jesus together, walk on the water to go back to get into the boat. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Listen to me. When you recognize who Jesus really is, the only response is to worship. And if you know who he really is, it doesn't matter what your external circumstances are around you. You can still praise him and you can still worship him. They said, truly, you are the son of God. And, and, and notice what, what, what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1. He's praying for the church and, and he wants to give us some insight about this power that's available to us. And he said, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I want your eyes to be open to what is available to you, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is, look at this, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. How many of you would agree that it takes mighty power to raise somebody from the dead and that's the kind of power that's available to us and notice he said that he seated Jesus at his right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and I love this and put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who feels all in all. Now, I want you to notice something. Three parts of the body mentioned here. Head, body, and feet. You got to get that. Head, body, and feet. And notice, it says that all things have been put under his feet. Well, between the head of the church, Jesus, and the feet of the church is a body. And do you know what the body is? The body is the body of Christ. So that we could read this scripture like this, that he has put all things under 
under his body's feet. I'm telling you, this thing is not going to win. I'm telling you, God has given us the power to tread on serpents, serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. His power is available to us no matter what kind of storm we're encountering in our lives. Why don't you one more time just thank God for that? Amen. So if his providence placed us there, his prayers will protect us. His presence will come to us. His power will be available to us. But then finally, anchor number five. And you need to have these in the boat of life with you at all times. But anchor number five says his promise assures us. You say, well, pastor, I don't see a promise in that passage of scripture. Well, you've got to go back to verse 22. Where Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a boat and go to the other side. Do you think that Jesus is going to put his disciples in a boat and send them on a mission and abandon them halfway there? No. And I love what the scripture says. Verse 34, and when they had crossed over. Aren't you thankful when you get to this part of the story, it didn't say, and when they had gone under? But it says, when they had gone over. And listen to me, every one of you that's, that's watching this message right now, you're not going under. You're going over. We are not going under. We are going over. Because I believe that God's going to use everything that we're going through right now, that God is using it to perfect us. God is getting us ready for what's going to happen. Listen to me. God is getting us ready for what's going to happen when we get to the other side of this. God is preparing us. God is perfecting us. God is getting us ready because he's taking us somewhere that we've never been before. And we're going to encounter things that we've never encountered before. And we've got to have a greater anointing than we've ever had before. And we've got to have a greater knowledge of who God is than we've ever had before. And we've got to have a better knowledge of his word than we've ever had before. Because let me show you what happens when they got to the other side. Some of the men of that place recognized him and they sent out into all the surrounding region and brought to him all that were sick and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touch it were made perfectly well. I'm telling you, on the other side of this are miracles. On the other side of this, there's going to be salvation. On the other side of this, there's going to be healing. On the other side of this, there's going to be deliverance. We're about to see a manifestation of the presence of God. Listen to me, especially Summerton Church of God family. We're about to see an encounter. We're about to see a, a, a visible manifestation of the presence of God unlike we've ever done before. Does that mean that Jesus himself is going to show up? I'm not saying that, but I believe that we're about to see a, a tangible evidence of his power through miracles, signs, and wonders that God is taking us to a place. I can't wait until we get to the other side because God is about to show up like we've never seen him show up before. Come on somebody and give him some praise. Amen, amen. Amen. The team's going to come back in just a few minutes here and we're going to close with a time of worship doing a song, Psalm 23. And what an encouraging song this is. But whatever you do, don't shut us down right now. Don't, don't, don't disconnect from us right now because God wants to do something in this moment. 
Because here's what I sense today. I believe that there's somebody that's watching this today. That it's not necessarily an external storm that you're struggling with today. It's more than just the coronavirus. It's more than just COVID-19. There's some people watching me here today. There's an internal storm going on in your soul. An internal storm that's going on in your spirit. Listen, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that doesn't mean that you won't encounter storms. It doesn't mean that you won't have problems. It doesn't mean that you won't encounter crisis. But what it means is that even though it seems like the world is crumbling and falling apart around you, that you have the assurance in your soul and in your spirit that God is in control. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.